Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S., and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com. Click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. The skyline is etched in my veins. You can never put that out, no matter how hard it rains. In my city. Everybody and welcome to the 270th episode of Real Hawk Talk. I am Brian Nemhauser. You can find me on Twitter at Hawk Blogger. And today we are here to talk about one of the most disappointing home openers, season openers, games of Pete Carroll's career of the Seahawks franchise. This was a absolute disastrous day for the Seahawks team on almost every level. And if you are here to troll Seahawks fans, screw off. But yeah, it's going to be fun if you are if you're someone other than a Seahawks fan hoping for bad things for Seattle. You got everything you're looking for today. Uh this was this was a real tough one. Um I think <laughs> folks asked me for the paper bag. I think that that's that is an absolute fair request honestly it didn't even occur to me uh my mind's been off this game almost since the fourth quarter i i I just uh this this game left me a little bit dazed to be totally honest the the absolute shit show that went on today on so many different points we're gonna go point by point on this so we got a little bit to, to do that but this is, I, I clearly are wrong about this team. I'm pretty sure everyone on the Real Hawk Talk crew is wrong about this team, even the most pessimistic ones. I don't think I saw anybody nationally or locally as pessimistic about the Seahawks as this game would have you believe they should be. So I think it's pretty safe to say this game was worse than anybody whether you're a Seahawks fan or not, expected from the Seahawks team. And folks, it doesn't get any easier. This was probably one of the easiest games on the schedule for Seattle. And the Rams did nothing today to make me think they are a powerhouse. Matthew Stafford played a really good game. He made good throws. We can talk about how much of it was him, how much of it is the Seahawks defense, but he made some really, really good throws. So Matthew Stafford, you know, I've underestimated. I kind of thought maybe he was washed. He didn't look washed today. He looked like a very good quarterback, and he was doing it without his best receiver. 
Sean McVay is Sean McVay. He has owned Pete Carroll throughout his career, other than last year. Even last year, running out Baker Mayfield and John Walford, the Seahawks barely squeaked by in two victories in those games. In this game, without Jalen Ramsey, without Leonard Floyd, without Cooper Cup, no Robert Woods, you know, not that he's on the team, but I'm just talking about from the past. No, no left tackle is Andrew Whitworth. He's retired, long gone. I bet most Seahawks fans could not name a single single person on the Rams offensive line. This is not a great Rams team. They are very likely going to turn around and get their butts whipped by the 49ers. So this wasn't a situation where, oh my gosh, the Rams are really good. The Rams are fine. I think they're going to be better than we expected, but I don't think they're going to be good. And let's go, let's go point by point here on the Seahawks. What are the biggest question marks about the Seahawks? If you ask anyone that's watched the team the last few years, you start with the defense. Absolutely. And really most people are going to say you start with the defensive line and you start with the run defense because the run defense was so atrocious last year. For the most part, the Seahawks played the run pretty well today. If you told me that the Seahawks would hold the Rams to just over two yards a carry, that no one on their team would have more than 52 yards rushing, no one would add average more than three and a half yards a carry, that their long run on the day would be 12 yards, I would have said, cool, that's pretty good. Um... If you then told me that Matthew Stafford was going to throw for 334 yards without Cooper Cup, that he would be sacked zero times, that he would be hit two times with this offensive line, I would not have believed you. Not have believed you. Now... I did say this morning, if you were following me on Twitter, I said, I hope that we do not hear the names Tutu Atwell and Ben Skoranek, that these are two players that make their living running crossers, getting open against zone defense, and those are the types of players across the middle that have gashed the Seahawks in the past. I got it half right. Tutu Atwell, by the way, so Tutu Atwell goes for six catches, 119 yards, and eight targets. Guess who was picked immediately before D. Eskridge? Was that right? I think he was picked right before. Or was it right after? Um, I have to look it up now. 2021, no, 20 NFL draft. Um. So let's go. I got I got to do this real quick. Bear with me. It was is it the 21 draft? I think it was the 21 draft. Uh, I know this is great for all of you to watch me do this, but I have to know. 
this is the, the benefit of doing the show by yourself. Where is there we go? Ah, no, so it is worse. <laughs> Tutu Atwell was selected immediately following D. Eskridge in the 2021 draft. And I remember at the time I said, as much as I was pissed about Creed Humphrey, I remember saying, oh man, D. Eskridge and Tutu Atwell look like the same receiver. It's going to be interesting to watch their careers and see if this is another situation where the Seahawks picked the wrong guy and you regret it within the division, especially because they had Shane Waldron that year. It was the first time that maybe they, both he and his mentor, Sean McVay, might be looking for the same type of receiver. Looks like the master is still the master and the student is still the student. The Eskridge nowhere to be found for the first six games and for the his whole career, Tutu Atwell emerging in this one. Uh, but instead of Ben Skoranek, there was another guy I had honestly forgotten about, um, Puka Nakua. And he is the same kind of player. This is the kind of player that works with the Rams. These shifty, not fast, but quick, smart, good possession receivers and can find soft spots and zones. And he went for 10 catches, 119 yards himself. So Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua both catch over 100 yards in receiving. And we'll have to see how it plays out in the coverage. I think Kobe Bryant got abused today. I think the the secondary, the, the, the scheme got abused today. There was quite a few wide open plays against the zone in the middle of the defense. Maybe that's linebacker play. Maybe that's safety play. I don't think Julian Love had a particularly good game today. So <sighs> Trey Brown missed tackles today as someone who's really been pushing for Trey Brown and hoping and wanting to see him out there. Not a good day. Uh, Tariq Woolen, Reek Woolen didn't have a terrible day, but he gave up. He was not immune. He gave up a third and four in breaking route, similar kind of thing. Couldn't, couldn't get in front of it. So the secondary that we've all been hoping was going to be a strength of this team was absolutely eviscerated tonight, today. And I don't think anyone can, with a straight face, say this is a Jamal Adams and Devin Witherspoon away from being a good secondary. This, this, If you are wanting to be the most skeptical, it is totally fair to say, hey, is this the Quentin Dunbar secondary all over again? Where it was so hyped, and you got into the season and it wasn't just bad, like not great. It was awful. It was one of the worst secondaries in football. I don't think that's what the secondary is going to be. But the difference between expectation and reality looks pretty severe. And one of the things we really looked for from this team was to be assignment sound. Julian Love, Quandre Diggs, Bobby Wagner, you know, Jordan Brooks, these guys should know where to be on the field and not give wide open spaces to make passes. And that's what we saw today. And so there were some plays where, where Matthew Stafford made some just fantastic throws, but it really happened after he got warmed up. And that was because the Seahawks were also not getting any pressure whatsoever. I've been bullish on this edge rushing group. I thought between... Daryl Taylor, Chenna Nwosu, 
Derek Hall, Boye Mafe, that there'd be something there. No, not today. I thought Draymond Jones, the most expensive interior rusher, the most expensive free agent ever, I think, that the Seahawks have signed and definitely of the Pete Carroll and John Schneider era, wasn't nobody today. He was non-existent, made absolutely no impact on this game. Didn't even look close to making an impact on this game. So, this is bad. I'm going to take a break for a second and just acknowledge uh, a couple of super chats here. I really appreciate this. this is wonderfully generous from Michael Mathis. He says, Witherspoon and Adams will not save this defense. Agreed. Pukunakua, 10 catches for 120. At least on offense, you can blame losing your tackles. We haven't gotten to that yet. We'll talk about that in a second. But even then, you need to adapt. What excuses does this defense have? We're still bad on third down. Absolutely right, Michael. Absolutely right. Um, and I also want to thank Lawrence Richardson. Uh, let me get to that super chat. Uh, let's see here. Lawrence, thank you uh, for the super chat. Really appreciate it. Rams could have dropped 50 if they didn't drop wide open passes. This staff reeks of nepotism hires. Yeah. Yeah, there were dropped passes, wide open passes down the field for the Rams. This could have and should have been worse. There was a missed field goal. There was a blocked field goal. The Seahawks missed a field goal. I mean, there, there is the, so they, that's their one thing that they could say. But um, thank you again, Lawrence and Michael. And if you don't haven't already, patreon.com slash hawkblogger. You can sign up to get access to the Slack channel where we will be talking about this, I think, quite a bit. And as you know, the proceeds go to good causes. Over $260,000 given to charity since we started this. Um, let's let's talk about coaches for a second. I'll be straight with y'all. I mean, we were joking about it like it was silly to say, oh, I think Nathan in, in one of the thing in one of our episodes was saying, hey, we should consider like what would have to happen for it to be a fire Pete Carroll kind of game. And we were all laughing. Ha ha ha. I don't know. Anyone's laughing at that now. I, I, I don't think there's been a game that is better evidence or better support for someone who wants to say it's time for Pete to move on than this game. Now you can say, Hey, that is an overreaction. This is week one. What are you talking about? Uh, this team overperformed last year and they have all this young talent and Pete's done so much. And I think all that is a fair retort. At the same time, I am telling you, this was an absolute face plant by the Seahawks and the coaching staff, and they didn't see it coming. They did not see it coming. Pete's talking about this as something special is about to happen. He believes and believed that this team was a championship contending team. That's not a championship contending team we just saw. That's not even necessarily a 500 team that we just saw. With this schedule, there are going to be people that are saying, should we be tanking for Caleb Williams? <laughs> because I don't even think that's an option. I think the team's too good to tank. 
but they might be the absolute worst thing possible in the NFL, which is not good enough to contend, not good enough to, to, to tank. And you've got veteran contracts. You just, you just converted Jamal Adams restructured his deal to where you are locked in. You cannot get away from the Jamal Adams contract for the next two seasons. I thought that was a crazy move to begin with. Now it looks even crazier. You just signed Draymond Jones to a $17 million a year deal. You are locked into that dude. He did nothing in this game against a terrible offensive line. Nothing. You're locked into Quandre Diggs. That's maybe okay. I, I don't know that it's great, but it certainly wasn't a big deal today to have him around. And so Sean McVay has absolutely embarrassed Pete Carroll since he's been here. He did it again today. I don't think there's been a more embarrassing game in a long time for the Seahawks than the one we just saw. And there's been games that have been embarrassing and bigger losses but the difference, the difference between expectation and performance in this one and where it was and the opponent, this is, this is pretty bad, folks. This is extremely bad. So I think that how many chances did Pete Carroll get on the defense? How many chances? When is the last time that the Seahawks have had a good defense? Let's take a look here for a second. I am curious about this myself. So I'm going to go ahead and look up the Seahawks for a second. And let's take a look at their defensive rankings through the years. Last year, 25th in the league in points against. 2021, they were 11th. That wasn't terrible, but not great. Year before that, 2020, they were 15th. Year before that, 22nd. 2018, 11th again. So 11th seems to be their high water mark now. Definitely not a top 10 team. 2017, they were 13th. Okay, 2016, they were third in points against. 2016. That's a long time. They have not been in the top 10 since. They spent most of their time in the bottom 10 of the NFL in points allowed. If I went to yards allowed, I think it would be even worse. And he's gone through how many defensive coordinators at this point? I mean, Ken Norton was a disaster. Uh, Chris Richard was a disaster. Clint Hurt looks awful. Sean McVay, not Sean McVay, Sean Desai came in and left. Pete's known for his defense, and folks, there's nothing to be proud of with his defense. The one thing you can say is they said they were going to stop the run. They did. Guess what? They gave up 30 points anyway and a shit ton of yards. I don't, none of us care. None of us care if you're giving up run, rushing yards or passing yards. We care if you're giving up yards. If you can't stop a team on third down, if you can't get off the field, I'm sure people know this stat. The Rams converted 11 third downs today. 11 third downs. The Seahawks didn't even have 11 third down opportunities today because they were so 
anemic on offense, which we will talk about. The Rams were 11 for 17 on third down. Unbelievable. Michael Mathis has another super chat, which I want to acknowledge and thank you. Um, last piece to my rant. Don't be surprised if DK gets suspended. He's certainly getting fined. He's being a damn hothead every game now. WTF. So I don't know if they were showing this throughout the game for folks at home, but DK was doing this the whole game. Extracurricular after the play. I don't know what it's going to take for him to decide and learn his lesson. This isn't a hard this isn't like you don't come across looking tough. You just come across looking immature and unprofessional. And I love, I mean, look, I loved Richard Sherman. I loved watching him play and he played on that edge, but he did it in a way that didn't hurt the team in most cases. I mean, think about Breno Giacomini. Breno Giacomini, I think a lot of us really liked having him as the right tackle for the Super Bowl teams and he played nasty. How many times was it absolutely aggravating that he would get a personal foul for a late hit on offense, like a block in the, like a, a block late or, you know, some personal foul that would negate a big Marshawn run. You don't look tough in that situation. You look stupid and DK has got to stop. Uh, so especially in a game where DK dropped a pass, DK was essentially a, a non-factor. He had one touchdown great but was a non-factor he had better games against Jalen Ramsey than he did against this Rams team so I don't think DK has anything to be talking about and he certainly shouldn't be hurting his team I don't know what you do if you're Clint Hurt here you know this you could say teaching tape sure but this is a rerun. This is just bad defense over and 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 over again. It's uh it is the worst type of football team to be a fan of. A team with a bad defense. I will take a great defense and anemic offense anytime. Offense is annoying. I, I will have that situation be annoyed. You know what's even worse than one or the other? Both. How did you all feel? Let's let's keep going through the list of things that were question marks about this team. Run defense? All right, they did all right there. Defense in general? No. Defense looked absolutely trash. Absolutely no pass rush. Pass defense was terrible. Tackling was not great. Okay. Let's move on. Geno Smith. Can Geno Smith repeat his performance from last year? Can Geno Smith build on his performance from last year? He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. He's been studying all offseason. He knows he, it's his job. He doesn't have to win it. He can just go out there and play great. He's got more weapons than he's ever had. His offensive line should be stronger. Geno Smith had a game that if this was last year, would be definitely one of his worst. Let's go back and take a look at Geno Smith's game log from last year. 
How many times did he have a passer rating of 84 or below? One, two, three. Three times. Um, one of them was against the Rams, <laughs> for what it's worth. Uh, so this would have been among the three worst. Did he have a game last year where he threw for 112 yards or less? No. The least amount of yards Geno Smith threw for in any game last year was 183 yards. 183 yards. That was against the Jets. Very good secondary. He threw 112 yards in this game. His average per throw was 4.3 yards per throw. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. Um, and then let's talk about the offensive line. We talked about that as a big deal. You lose both your tackles. And I... Uh, I'm trying to look at some some. Uh, here's here's a good one. The Seahawks created pressure on five percent of the Rams' dropbacks today. That's their lowest single game pressure rate in the last five years. That's how bad the the pass rush was today. And I oh I'm gonna be so mad when I hear Pete Carroll say, "Yeah, we had this plan. We wanted to stop him in the run, and we were gonna hang back and make him beat us." Or he's gonna like he's just gonna. He's going to acknowledge that they didn't be aggressively go after him as a pass rush or something. And it's just going to be absolutely aggravating to listen to. Um, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out if there's anything new about the. Um, okay. X-rays on Charles Cross's toe looked good. Abe Lucas had an old knee issue flare up. Not new Tyler Lockett's fine. Well, at least we have that folks. Charles cross x-rays look good. So hopefully that means we'll maybe get him back. But honestly, when he got carted off, that's where I was going next offensive line, Abe Lucas and Charles cross out <laughs> to start the second half. I'm like, that's the season. You are not going to win with stone Forsyth and Jake Curhan at tackle. You're just not. And I think that the Charles Cross news could mean that he, he still, if he's got a turf toe or something, folks, that can take eight weeks. It can take a lot of a season to come back from a turf toe. So we'll just have to see. But at least it's not broken. At least it wasn't a knee. I mean, it could have been anything. could have been something he's going to need surgery on. So hopefully it's, excuse me, not as bad as we thought. Hey, Lucas, that was a big deal. I mean, we need the young players to be growing and playing, and those are two big parts of it. I think we'll see. I believe the interior line played okay. We'll have to go back. I'm curious how PFF grades come out, but I think Evan Brown did okay. If you guys saw different, let me know. Um, I thought Damian Lewis and Phil Haynes seemed to be okay, but again, I'd have to see. I thought the pass protection seemed okay for the most part. I didn't see Aaron Donald causing wreaking havoc. I also didn't see our receivers getting open. JSN was not open constantly. 
Tyler Lockett was not open constantly. DK Metcalf was not open. Now, DK Metcalf isn't always an open guy. He is someone that sometimes, you know, you have to put the ball and let him go get it. But uh, the receivers, I thought, were mid at best. It was not a great, it was not a great game for the receivers. And I think that that while I think Gino deserves some criticism for this game, I'm going to be curious if we go back and see things that he should have done differently because I just thought there weren't if I'm Shane Waldron, I'm really criticizing myself. Where were the the plays? Where were the schemes that were getting people open? I didn't see a lot of them. Gino seemed really conservative today. I think he really was trying to not make like not to force it, which is good. I think he felt confident enough that he didn't need to force it. But when it was time to turn it on, it wasn't there. So I uh, I thought the only part of the offense, I, I think that if I'm looking for anything that I thought was semi-positive, I thought the interior line did okay. I thought pass protectance seemed okay. And I thought Kenneth Walker looked good. He made some good plays. I thought he ran decently. I don't know what he ended up with. Um, ends up with 64 yards and 12 carries, over five yards a carry. And I thought he was pretty consistent. I thought Zach Charbonnet looked the way he looked in preseason. Did not look like a second-round running back. He looked mediocre. He looked slow. He looked uninteresting. Um, Man, I'm going down the list, guys. Now, let's, let's, let's give one bit of gratitude. Bobby Wagner, first game back. Man, it was great to see him come out of the tunnel. That was pro- that might be the highlight of the whole season. I mean, that's how it feels right now. It was great to have that moment for him and for the rest of us that were there. Bobby Wagner then goes out and put, tack, makes 19 tackles, nine of them solo, has a tackle for loss. He was a big part of the run defense. Still is an issue in pass defense, but he had a big part of the run defense. Jordan Brooks comes back from an ACL, has 12 tackles himself. So I guess that was kind of good. I thought Ichen Nwosu had an okay game, had a couple TFLs. Um, Jaron Reed blocked the punt. Thank God we have Michael Jackson returning that, that not blocked the punt, blocked the field goal. And Michael Jackson, just terrific return instincts, decides to, instead of running down the sideline to immediately turn towards the middle of the field and get tackled for essentially no gain on the return. And then the team goes down and cannot score a touchdown. Not only that, but Jason Myers mixes a field goal. So I'm looking through this, guys. Like, this is not Devin Witherspoon and Jamal Adams away from being okay. We're going to go into Detroit next week in Detroit facing a much more skilled offense. Not as good of a scheme. So there's that. But a better offensive line. And I think definitely better skill players. And can you imagine the Seahawks last year went into Detroit and scored 48 points. Can you imagine this offense scoring 48 points? There was nothing explosive about this offense for the Seahawks today. They had one explosive pass. One. One explosive run. 
maybe two. I think at least just I think it's just one. Whew, yikes. Now I'm curious. I'm curious what happened at halftime. You want more ammunition for Fire Pete Carroll? The Seahawks were ahead in this game, 13 to 7 at halftime, and should have been ahead by more, to be totally honest. What happens after halftime? The Seahawks score zero points. I think they had maybe a couple yards of offense. Who made the adjustments? Who didn't? The Rams scored 23 points, outscored the Seahawks 23 to nothing in the second half. So there's nothing good. There is nothing to be really happy about here. If you want to say, okay, come on, it's week one. Let's all collect ourselves. I think that's fine and that's realistic. Are the Seahawks going to be as bad as they look today? They might be, folks. That's possible. I think I, I still believe, I still believe in the talent that's on this team. I don't know that they'll be able to recover even if they get better. I don't know that you can recover from losing this game at home. This was a game you really had to win. I almost, I swear, I almost in my tail of tape preview said, must we quit, must we, must win game in week one. And I thought, ah, that's so stupid. I'm not going to say that. But it was true. Like, good luck in the division, losing a division game at home to the Rams. The 49ers look like not just the best team in the division, not just the best team in the conference, and not just the best team in the NFL. They look like they're going to lap the NFL. They looked dominant on both sides of the ball, on all aspects, in Pittsburgh. Against a team that's better than the Rams. Now, better quarterback by far for the Rams, better offensive coordinator, all that kind of stuff, sure. But a better overall team in Pittsburgh, talent-wise. So, um, now this means the Seahawks are going to have to win a game that they shouldn't. You lose a game you shouldn't, you got to win a game you shouldn't. So look at that schedule, figure out which one that's going to be because they're going to need to turn one around. I still think the NFC is absolute trash. I still think the Seahawks team could absolutely make the playoffs if things turn around and they make better plays and the talent starts to grow, depending on how the injuries turn out, all that. I, I think that's all fair and possible. But there is no escaping the fact that this was an absolute catastrophe of a day for the Seahawks on, on, on all, on all levels and just disappointing, man. If you're a Seahawks fan and you have expectations for your team to step forward, for your stars to shine, you just end up walking away today being incredibly disappointed so there may be the silverish lining that i can pull out of this for folks that are saying hey don't be such a doomsayer their chances of winning in detroit might somehow be better because of this maybe the team will respond listen better coaches will just i don't know i mean that's a really extremely hopeful take but there is no one on the Seahawks that walked away from this game and thought, all right, we got this. 
their attention's been had now. They, they're going to pay attention. They know what's up now. And this is the earliest test you can possibly have. Maybe it'll end up that they can get these next three wins somehow and then get to their bye week. <laughs> Maybe that early bye week's going to end up being good if they've got some injuries. So um, I think that's the, the, the majority of, of where I have comments for this game. I am happy to hear that it sounds like the injuries might not be as bad as initially thought. Um, I'm just checking to see if there's any other news. Yeah. The Rams played harder and wanted it more than the Seahawks today. Yikes. Um, they're saying Charles Cross has a sprained big toe. Yeah. So we will see, folks. Um, we didn't get to see Cam Young. We did get to see Mike Morris. I didn't see Mike Morris do anything of interest. We got to see Derek Hall. I don't think he did anything of interest. Trying to think of anyone else. Charbonnet, we already talked about. Witherspoon didn't play this week. Um, McIntosh is on IR. Olu obviously is not playing. So the rookies, I mean, not a there's not a single rookie that had a game worth talking about, which is also not cool. So all right. I think I think we will wrap there, folks. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Uh, if you haven't already, I would pre please ask you to give the show a like um, and subscribe to the channel. And then go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger, sign up, get access to the Slack channel right now, and we will continue the conversation there. Appreciate all of you. Take care of yourself. Eat your favorite comfort food. Watch your favorite comedy. Take your mind off this game. We will be back at it next week. Take care. Hey folks, this is Brian Nemhauser. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. I want you to know that Real Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast platforms. Go ahead and subscribe. Have all podcasts delivered directly to your phone after each and every show. And then go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Helps us out, gets more people to the show. Then, if you haven't already done it, go to patreon.com slash hawkblogger and subscribe for just five bucks a month. Gets you immediate access to our Slack channel. Join hundreds of folks in that community to talk Seahawks about wins, losses, and all things in between. Not to mention become eligible to win giveaways for Seahawks tickets and get to ask questions of the Real Hawk Talk crew every week on the show. Finally, if you haven't gone to hawkblogger.com recently, head on over. Tail the Tape Morning After articles are there every week. Hoping to see you there. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting the show. Go Hawks.